Today is the 10th day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you, coming to you today from the land of the Bible, and in particular, coming to you from the Dead Sea. And although the Dead Sea may be dead, we are quite alive and enjoying our time here. It's been quite a magnificent journey through the wilderness, which is where we still find ourselves. We'll be navigating out of the wilderness today, but we definitely spent yesterday in the wilderness. We'll talk about that in a bit. We are here to take the next step forward in the scriptures together. And that next step leads us back into the book of Exodus. Today we will read chapters 30, verse 11, through 31, verse 18. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, When you count the men of Israel to register them, Each man shall give to the Lord a redemption price for his life as you register him, so that there is no plague among them as you register them. Each one shall give this redemption as he passes over to the group which has already been registered. Half a shekel, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel is twenty geras. Half a shekel for an offering to the Lord. Everyone who passes over to the group that has already been registered, those twenty years old and older, shall give the special elevated offering to the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than the half shekel when you give the elevated offering for the Lord to redeem your lives. You shall take the redemption money from the people of Israel, and you shall designate it for the work of the tent of meeting, so that it may be a memorial for the people of Israel before the Lord, to redeem your lives. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, You shall also make a large bronze basin in which to wash. Its pedestal shall also be bronze. Put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it. Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet with water from it. When they go into the tent of meeting, they must wash with water so that they will not die. They shall wash whenever they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord. They shall wash their hands and their feet so that they do not die. This shall be a permanent regulation for them, for Aaron and for his descendants throughout their generations. The Lord spoke to Moses again. He said, Take fine spices, twelve and a half pounds of liquid myrrh, half as much, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cane, twelve and a half pounds of cassia, weighed by the shekel of the sanctuary, and one gallon of olive oil. Make it into a holy anointing oil, a perfume mixed with the skill of a perfume maker. It will be a holy anointing oil. Use it to anoint the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the table and all its utensils, 
the lampstand and its utensils, the altar for incense, the altar for burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin with its pedestal. You shall consecrate them so that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them will be holy. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and set them apart so that they may minister to me in the priest's office. Speak to the people of Israel. Tell them, This shall be a holy anointing oil for me throughout your generations. Do not pour it on the flesh of anyone who is not a priest. Do not make any other perfume like it with the same ingredients. It is holy. It shall be holy to you. Whoever mixes any perfume like it or whoever puts any of it on anyone who is not a priest shall be cut off from his people. The Lord said to Moses, Take fragrant spices, gum resin, shekelet, and halbanum, fragrant spices with pure frankincense. Use an equal weight of each ingredient and make incense from it, a blend made with the skill of a perfume maker, seasoned with salt, pure and holy. Grind some of it very fine and put some of it in front of the testimony in the tent of meeting where I will make myself known to you. It shall be most holy to you. When you make incense for yourselves, you shall not make any with this recipe. You shall regard it as holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any fragrance like that for himself shall be cut off from his people. The Lord spoke to Moses. Look, here is Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur from the tribe of Judah. I have called him by name. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and with skill in all kinds of crafts. He has the ability to create designs. He works with gold, silver, and bronze. He is able to cut and engrave precious stones and mount them. He can also carve wood. He works skillfully in all kinds of crafts. Not only that, but I have also appointed Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, from the tribe of Dan, to work with him. I have put wisdom into the heart of all the skilled craftsmen, so that they may make everything that I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the atonement seat that is on it, all the furnishings for the tent, the table and its vessels and accessories, the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils, the altar for incense, the altar for burnt offerings with all its utensils, the basin and its pedestal, the finely woven garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, the garments for his sons to minister in the priest's office, the anointing oil, and the incense made of fragrant spices for the holy place. The skilled craftsman shall do everything just as I commanded. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, Speak to the people of Israel. Tell them, You must observe my Sabbaths diligently because the Sabbath is a sign between me and you throughout your generations 
so that you may know that I am the Lord who sets you apart as holy. So you shall observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it must certainly be put to death. For if anyone does any work on the Sabbath, his life shall be cut off from among his people. On six days work may be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day must certainly be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall observe the Sabbath by keeping the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a permanent sign between me and the people of Israel. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When the Lord had finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, stone tablets written with God's finger. Matthew 26, 47 through 68. While Jesus was still speaking, suddenly, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Immediately he went to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? Then they advanced, took hold of Jesus, and arrested him. Suddenly one of the men with Jesus reached out his hand, drew his sword, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. And Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, because all who take the sword will die by the sword. Do you not realize that I could call on my father, and at once he would provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? But then how would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? At that time, Jesus said to the crowd, Have you come out to arrest me with swords and clubs as if I were a robber? Day after day I was sitting in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But all this has happened so that the writings of the prophets would be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the experts in the law and the elders were assembled. Peter was following him at a distance and went as far as the courtyard of the high priest. He went inside and sat down with the guards to see how it would turn out. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false testimony against Jesus so that they could put him to death. They found none, even though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. 
high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is this that these men are testifying against you? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I place you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, It is as you have said. But I tell you, soon you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? See, you have just heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, He is deserving of death. Then they spit in his face and punched him. Some slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Christ. Who hit you? Psalm 32 How blessed is the person whose rebellion is forgiven. By David, a masculine. How blessed is the person whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the person whose guilt the Lord does not charge against him, in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away as I groaned all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, My moisture was dried up by the droughts of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my guilt. I said, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Because of this, let everyone who receives favor pray to you at a time when you may be found Surely when the mighty waters overflow, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from distress. You will surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will make you wise. I will instruct you in the way that you should go. I will guide you, keeping my eye on you. Do not be like a horse or a mule, which has no understanding. Its mouth must be controlled by a bit and bridle, or else it will not come to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but mercy will surround those who trust in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord and celebrate, all you righteous, and shout joyfully, all you upright in heart. Proverbs 8, 27 through 32. When he established the heavens, I was there. 
when he drew the horizon around the surface of the deep, when he placed the clouds in the sky above, when the fountains of the deep gushed out, when he established his decree for the sea so that the waters could not go beyond the limit set by his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, I was beside him as a master craftsman. I was his joy day after day. I rejoiced in his presence at all times. I rejoiced in his inhabited world. I was delighted with the children of Adam. So now, you children, listen to me, because those who keep my ways are blessed. Okay, so as we continue our journey through Proverbs 8, and the voice of wisdom comes forth to speak on her own behalf, she has given us plenty to consider and plenty to describe herself and plenty of opportunity for us to examine ourselves. She has told us that she is at every crossroads, that she is calling out at the crossroads. And so like at, at, at every point of decision, she is there calling out at the intersection where we're going to choose to go this way or that based on the choice that we make. She is there calling out. She has told us that acquiring her, acquiring wisdom, is the most valuable thing that we could acquire in our lives. Because wisdom and using wisdom will draw everything else we need to us. And then in today's reading, she tells us she was there with the Lord when he established the heavens, when he created the sky, when he created the earth, when he created the waters. In fact, I quote, she says, I was beside him as a master craftsman. I was his joy day after day. So the claim here is that through wisdom, God created the cosmos. And wisdom is available, calling to us at every crossroads so why would we ignore her when she is delighted in us as well? She says, I rejoiced in his presence at all times. I rejoiced in his inhabited world. I was delighted with the children of Adam. So now you children, listen to me because those who keep my ways are blessed. So I'm not trying to overly personify wisdom other than that we're reading it out of the Bible and the Bible is reading it first person as if wisdom is speaking and that she is calling to us and that she delights in all that God has made and that she is here for God's people. And I'm just inviting us to consider the question that we've been asking. Why is this not a category in our lives? Like, why is this not something paramount that we are actually seeking diligently and truly paying attention to. 
And it's easy enough to say what we are because by our very lives and our life experience, we are accumulating wisdom. And that's true. But what about slowing down at the crossroads like we were talking about yesterday? What about slowing down? What about reducing the pace of life? Understanding that reducing the pace of life will actually increase productivity. Reducing the pace of life so that wisdom can be a category, so that we're not just blowing through every decision without weighing it out, without considering what wisdom would say. Then we are missing out on something that is available to us and is also the most valuable thing that we could acquire in our lives. So let's think about that. Let's continue to think about that. Let's make wisdom an actual category. Something that we seek, even if we don't know what we're doing, just slowing down and not blasting through our choices. That would be a good beginning. Slowing down and weighing out the paths and inviting the Holy Spirit, understanding that wisdom is present and it will become clear to us. This would radically change how we live which means it would change our lives. And so it's worth our consideration. And then flipping back into the book of Matthew, we are moving through the last days of Jesus. I, man, it's just, I love the story. But I also find it to be difficult. I see things in the story that just make me sad like there's such a sad little line in the gospel of Matthew today it's not even a verse it's like a half a verse one sentence then all the disciples deserted him and fled I hate that line I don't like it because, I mean, it's easy enough for any of us to look at the story and go, how could they do that? I would never do such a thing. But they had claimed the same thing. Peter's like, I would rather die than deny you. And they're all saying the same thing. And then we get to this point in Matthew. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled means Jesus was abandoned. He was left alone to do the heavy lifting by himself. And I could never say that that wouldn't be me because it has been me in my life. Likely, it's been all of us. We've all run away. We've all abandoned. We've all denied. I guess part of it, it is so sad that God reduced himself, incarnated himself, and became human, and dwelt among us, and lived a life among us, and modeled for us what life could look like, and gave us vision for the kingdom of heaven, and its advancement, and what it will look like, and what God is like, 
I mean, Jesus is showing us what God is like because we believe Jesus to be one with the Father. This is God in the flesh. This is what God is like. Jesus is what God is like. And so God comes in person, and then all of his followers deserted him and fled. That is heartbreaking that God created us to know him and to be known by him and then came in person and was utterly rejected by his creation. That is sad. And then Jesus is betrayed with a kiss. That is sad. Betrayed with a kiss? That is heartbreaking stuff. And then Jesus is arrested and bound up. And that was the end of his freedom. He can't go where he wants to go now. All of his opportunity to flee, and he could have done it. They could have had the Passover meal. They could have done all of that. And then he could have just said, I'm getting out of Jerusalem. Let's get out of here. And just disappeared but he went into the garden of Gethsemane and waited for his arrest and he was taken into custody and he's brought before the high priest Caiaphas so the high priest this is the top person this is a person who represents so much to the people about God and before the questioning that we were able to witness in the Gospel of Matthew today is over, this high priest is tearing his robes and accusing Jesus of blasphemy. And the council has affirmed that he deserves to die. And then they spit in his face. That, oh, that is so sad. They spit in God's face. And Jesus is bound. He can't even wipe the spit off his face. It's got to just roll down his cheek into his beard. It's terrible. This is what is being done to God. This is what God is allowing to be done. And then they punch him and slap him and just... They verbally abuse and physically abuse Jesus. And this is just the appetizer. And so let us embrace this story as I've suggested yesterday. This is the first encounter with the passion narrative for this year in the first gospel that we are reading. May we embrace this story. May we see the profound love of God because we're looking right now at a love that is almost incomprehensible and is totally self-sacrificial it's the story that has changed all of our lives may we embrace that story and allow it to go to new depths of awareness in our hearts and allow just the picture of a love so deep that literally it's incomprehensible. It's, it's too big. It's too vast. 
and it is bestowed upon all who believe. That should also change everything about what we do. And so the scriptures have given us a couple of reasons to consider some things that would change everything. Let it be so. And Holy Spirit, we invite you into this. Draw us deeper into this story of Jesus' final days on our behalf. And may we come face to face with this kind of love and may it transform us and lead us on the paths of wisdom. Help us to slow down and listen for her voice as we're making our decisions. Change us. Transform us. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so our journey yesterday uh, began in Elat at the Red Sea at the southernmost tip of modern-day Israel. And we had worked our way all the way from Ashdod to uh, the southernmost point of Israel. And then uh, we began to work our way north. That's all you can do. There's no more land to go south. You have hit the Red Sea. That's the end of it. And so we began working our way north. Our first stop was at a place called Timnah, which is, is archaeologically famous for its mining, going all the way back to pre-Israelite, to, back to Egyptian times. But also it is believed that Solomon uh, did mining there in Timnah as well, mining copper and other uh, other minerals. But there is a tabernacle, a replica of the tabernacle that we read about in the book of Leviticus, how it should be constructed, what color, thread, everything, like all of the particulars, how everything should be. And it's set up there in the wilderness. And so it's uh, quite a striking thing to see, first of all, just to see in the wilderness and really situate yourself with the children of Israel in the wilderness, but then to kind of go through it all in the wilderness and just see all the moving parts of it really snaps what we read in the scriptures into place because you have a visual representation as you kind of walk through the process. And so that's always uh, just a really expanding kind of thing to, to experience. And it was no different this time than any other time. So that is a beautiful thing to do. And when we finished doing that... We ended up back having a bathroom break at Yotwata Dairy, the kibbutz that is dairy farmers in the deserts. So we stopped there, and of course I had my second batch of ice cream that I like so much. Get to have it twice a year, once or twice a year, so splurge on that a little bit. And then we had a, a, a drive of a couple of hours through the desert, continuing forward to our next destination, which uh, was Masada. 
which is really a, a gem of an archaeological site dating back to the times of Herod the Great. And of course, Herod uh, built a lot of things throughout ancient Israel that are, that are still standing until today. One of the things that uh, he constructed that is not still standing today was the Second Temple in Jerusalem. But Herod had a number of fortresses, uh, many of which are still uh, viewable to today, Masada being one of them. And Masada has a very uh, deep connection to the Israeli people now because uh, the revolt that ultimately led to the destruction of Jerusalem and the Temple of God, many of the Israeli Rebels who were rebelling against the Roman Empire ended up on Masada. And uh, the Roman Empire was making a statement to those people and everyone else who wished to defy Rome that there's nowhere to hide. And so they built a siege ramp to capture Masada. And rather than being captured, abused, tortured, and then um, put into slavery if they weren't killed they decided it was better to die it was better to die at each other's hand it was better for them to choose death than uh, than to allow what was going to happen to them to happen to their families and so uh, that that piece of the story is definitely rooted there in Masada as well and it's just also uh, unbelievable views of the Dead Sea and the entire uh, wilderness region there along the Jordan Rift. And of course, the Dead Sea is the lowest point on Earth. And so we spent some time in Masada and then came back uh, to the Dead Sea and just had some time to reflect upon the wilderness journey that we've taken so far. And some time to reflect on owning owning our part of the wilderness and owning our part of our relationship with God. And then we made it to our hotel and went out and floated in the Dead Sea. Many people floated in the Dead Sea because that's a beautiful thing to do. When you're at the Dead Sea, it's a little cold. It's a little colder than it normally than it normally is when I when I have come to the Dead Sea. But many people were braving it. And it was a very beautiful day. And so we had a mud party. We spread mud uh, from the Dead Sea all over your body and then go f float in the Dead Sea. And that is a relaxing way to end things before dinner and uh, just some rest and recuperation for the journey ahead. Today, we will finally exit the wilderness and end up in the Galilee. But that's a story for tomorrow because that is out in front of us still. So thank you for your continued prayers over stamina, over technology. We've had some challenges in all kinds of different areas and that's just part of part of it. Thank you for your continued prayers. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you. Humbly. Thank you. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner with a mailing address. 
is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello, Daily Audio Bible Community. This is David in Kansas. I just wanted to call in. I got a couple days behind, but I, I usually like to catch up on the weekends when I can. Um, I work a lot during the week, and then on the weekends, I tend to... I've been trying to get back into my uh, my old habits of like going for really long walks and, and working out and that kind of stuff. And the DAB is something that I like to put on in the background. Uh, there were a couple things that I was struck by. One um, that I wanted to call in today was... The last time I called in, I actually had an idea of what I wanted to call in about. And as soon as I started uh, talking, I, was, I felt like I was suddenly pushed to talk about something else, uh, to pray for someone else, uh, which was a good thing, I think. And this last month in January, I had been very touched by the part of Matthew where Jesus talks about not babbling when you pray, which I am a legendarily... I'm a legendary battler, let me tell you. Um, but using the Lord's Prayer to say, I, I, I trust that the Lord knows what I need, and I'm just going to pray this very simple prayer that gives glory to God and lets Him take care of the rest. And so there's a bit of me that thinks that maybe that's what I should be uh, uh, focusing on. So that's what I did a lot, was, was using the Lord's Prayer a lot. And now I think there's going to be, I'm, I feel like I'm being kind of pushed to not pray for myself. Not that I don't need things, but I need to trust that the Lord knows what I need and to just kind of offer up more prayers for others. And so I'm almost out of time. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not, I just, I, this was something that was, that was uh, kind of in my mind to say that, that we should all be praying for each other more. Not that we shouldn't express our needs just remember to pray for each other as well. Thank you. Hello, DAB family. This is Daniel, the wholehearted, calling from North Carolina. I'm just calling for all the young men. Uh, For the 15-year-old that called in, uh, wanting to not be ashamed of the gospel. For Owen, who called a while back. People on the water. For Renzo, just uh, praying for all of you. 1 Timothy 4.12, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, Show yourself an example for those who believe. So, Renzo, I started writing this rap about four months ago for you. I just finished it tonight. I wanted to put it out there before I wait for another four months. All right, here goes. The Lord God wanted more men, so he looked through the world and created his Renzo. God gave him a heart to reach others when low. Wisdom beyond years, the DAB men know, que in tu adolescencia, hasta cincuento, his voice, power, and rhythm in you will crescendo. It may help for you to hear it again. So when we hear your voice, it's like a memento of faith, hope, and love. Love wins in the end. So as a young man, you can't wait to begin. So you pray to the Lord to be unshackled from sin. So in Jesus Christ, you'll conquer, you'll win. So my prayer is, Father, if it's your will, and if there's a school to sharpen his skill and a family who'll pour in and fill his heart and his mind, you'll bless his paper and quill, equip every tool. 
Bless his strength and ambition, his soul and his wisdom, his thoughts and intentions. Bite him to you, guided by you, empowered by your spirit. When he speaks, let them hear it through him to hear your truth, to know your love, to receive your comfort, to experience your healing. Amen. When he speaks, let them hear it. When he speaks, let them hear it. Your ambassador, your agent, your man, your man, Renzo. God bless you, brother. Hey, Davey fam, it's Laura and Eugene. I am just needing to pray for a couple things this morning with you all. So I hope you can join with me in praying for Casey, the single-minded plumber. Casey's just feeling that uh, lack in parenting, but Casey, oh, if I could just tell you all the regret I have felt over the years for all the many, many, many mistakes I made in my parenting journey. And um, I just hope that you can take encouragement knowing that we are not going to be perfect. Jesus is our perfection. And we just have to, I have come to the place where I just have to trust that God made me who I am. God gave me these children. I am going to trust in Him, do the best that I can do in my, in my power through His power. So I pray that for you. I pray that you can take comfort knowing that you are this person the Lord has given these children to. You can't be perfect and you won't be and it's okay. And I want to pray for our our um, our team heading. They're traveling. You're all traveling right now to Israel. I'm so excited for you. Someday, someday I will get to go. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray for Casey. I pray for your peace to wash over him, for your assurance. Help him to know that he is a good parent and that you are the ultimate parent and we can trust in you. He can trust in you. His children are blessed to have him as a father. And I pray for our team traveling to Israel. Lord, keep them safe. Hold them in your hands. Help them to see you in an entirely new way in your land. Amen. Love y'all. Hey, family. It's your girl, Valiant Val, here in Vegas. Oh, man. I told y'all I'd be back with a word from God. And I'm back, family. And the word is, thank you. Thankful. Thank him. Thanking. An attitude of gratitude, family. That's what I have right now. Thank you to all the beautiful souls that share with us and the ones that pray behind the scene. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Brian's obedience and for bringing his whole family into the fold. Thank you, Father, that you bless our coming and our going. Thankful, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, that you protect us and you keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, I think of the days of old where my grandmother would tell me how thankful she was for God's grace and mercy on her life. And it is only now that I understand that. Thank you, grandmother, for pouring it into me. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me with a woman that loved you and sought after your own heart. Thank you, family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
In the name of Jesus, I'm so thankful. I love you, family. Valiant Val in Vegas loves you. Until next time, babies. Be good to one another. Hello, my DAB family. This is Unwavering from North Carolina, praying for Brian and all those traveling overseas and praying right now for those who are affected by family members who are suffering from addiction. Chris from Houston, I heard you and your request for prayer for your brother. And I am thinking about you and all of those families affected by members of their family who have the disease of addiction. So Father God, we thank you. We thank you that every day we are blessed with eyes to see your majestic canvas in the environments in which we live. You are so intentional in the details of our lives. The brilliance of your design for our bodies should tell us that there is nothing impossible for you, nothing out of your reach, nothing too far gone. So Father God, I lift up those who are suffering from addiction right now, Father God, whether it be alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography, sexual addiction, Father God, your word is powerful and life-changing. So we pray, Father God, that they receive the word through those who serve as beacons of light for those caught in spiritual darkness. Father God, right now we ask that you work miracles that you straighten crooked paths father god that you restore relationships and that you heal hearts draw those who are in addiction right now closer to you father god that they may have a connection with you to see father god that there is a way out father god we just thank you that you are a chief restorer that you have the ability to restore revive rehabilitate our hearts our souls and our lives for all of us as your sons and daughters we thank you right now jesus your strength is made perfect in our weakness.